the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Talk about the stock markets. We talk about retirement. Talk about getting you to retirement. How much you're going to need. Need at least one times your salary by the time you turn 30 saved. Hopefully in a 401k. By the time you retire, you need somewhere between 10 and 60 times your salary. Uh, No, no, no. 10 and 20 times your salary. I had a stroke. 10 and 60. 10 and 20. So, my bad. My bad. Sorry, I probably gave people a heart attack. So, I hate to say this. the, the, The rally's over. It feels like we've run out of gas. We've stopped hitting new highs. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Or is it going to be the pause that refreshes? It's a good question. So yesterday was a bit of a down day after the market's been ultimately rallying since uh, November. So the S&P 500 had risen 2.5% in the prior seven sessions. And then it fell one-tenth of a percent. So it's up two and a half, down one-tenth. So is that panic time? Is that uh, the pause that refreshes? Is that give back a little bit? In life, you're supposed to give back a little bit, right? There hasn't been a big rush to buy the dip. The finger pointing for the negative disposition right now is largely being directed toward the political arena where there's some divisiveness in the GOP amongst what the tax plan is going to look like, the tax reform plan. There is a pretty big disagreement about a border adjustment tax. Uh, It appears the Trump administration wants one, and most of the GOP doesn't. So if that's going to be the ingredient to bake the cake, is that going to be a deal breaker? Everyone's going to have to wait to see what comes to pass. Um, 
will we, we delay? Will we derail the passage of tax reform in 2017? Yesterday's news conference with Donald Trump, it was pretty surreal. This is a fine-tuned machine. You would think um, that as a president, you kind of want to come across as warm and loving and caring to the people, the little babies in Appalachia. Uh, and he's defensive. He wants to protect, number one, him. I won. I won. So that's out there as far as what we're dealing with today. So a lot of, a little bit more uncertainty on political reform. Whereas last week it looked like a slam dunk. That's one of the reasons you, you know, have to have a big picture when it comes to investing. You can't just take the pulse. Um, every couple minutes you gotta have a big picture. So what else is out there today? Uh, Greece is in the news. I'm not gonna get in any trouble with Greece. Uh, my favorite Greek person, Maria Menounos. Um, <laughs> um, Greece is running out of money again. And we knew this was going to happen. We're getting Tony Blair and his British teeth talking up why the UK shouldn't leave the European Union, which a little late for that, it feels like. You get the IMF and the Eurozone ministers talking about Greece and they're going to run out of money this summer. You get a 2017 sales and earnings warnings from General Mills. Uh, you get John Deere out there saying, you know, hey, look, the world farming community is coming back. So we're going to sell more tractors this year. It appears that Kraft Heinz has approached Unilever about a merger. Those are two very, very big food companies. The Kraft proposal would be for about $50 sharing cash and stock. They're undervaluing Unilever as they see no financial strategic merit in the deal for shareholders. So says Unilever. Kraft Heinz, for its part, says it looks forward to reaching an agreement on the transaction. So little mergers and acquisitions. I've always kind of liked mergers and acquisitions. They make me nostalgic that Wall Street looks at each other and is in love. It makes me feel like uh, Wall Street cares enough, to, well, to care. The loan report out there today is leading indicators. Um, so back to mergers and acquisitions. I've always liked them because it, it kind of tells me that they're looking at each other and saying, I think you're worth $2 a share. And they'll go, I'm not worth $2 a share. I'm worth at least $2.50 a share. Silly boy. So the, and they put valuations on each other. And I always, I've always kind of liked that. Typically, there's something, a lot of mergers get ha- announced on Monday, mergers and acquisition Mondays. So leading indicators report for January comes in. So that's all tied towards things like building permits. When you have a building permit, you kind of have this idea that there's economic activity coming down the road. Do not forget that the markets will be closed on Monday in observance of President's Day. So you got that going for you. There's ski week next week where kids in California get to take a whole week off to go skiing, which to me feels kind of like California's running out of money. And instead of paying teachers, they say, go home. So we got that going. Taking a look at the markets today, we opened in the red. 
pretty much so across the board, except for gold, which is, you know, going the opposite of the markets typically. That's gold, Jerry. Gold! Um, so Wall Street's lower as the financials are starting to weigh in on things after having a huge run. And to be quite honest with you, I'm sitting on some cash, and I'm like, okay, can we go down a little bit more than one-tenth of a percent? Can we get down 5% or 10% so I could feel like I'm getting a little bit more of a deal? Um, so, yeah, markets are a little bit lower today. Eight of the 11 S&P 500 sectors have fallen with only the defensive names like consumer staples and defensive utilities and real estate doing okay today. Now, consumer staples are kind of interesting because it's things that you have to have. It's food um, is the basic idea there. So that's out there. Um, this makes me a little bit nervous. Is United Healthcare dropped 3% today after saying the Justice Department joined a whistleblower lawsuit against the health insurer. So I never feel really comfortable when a company is being investigated by Congress or a company is being investigated by the Department of Justice. Um, a lot of bad things can happen. Uh, mostly headlines, but that still can pull the stock down pretty significantly. It could create a buying opportunity for sure. So Mondelez, rumored to be a craft acquisition target, fell today after, like I said, crafts showed interest in Unilever, leaving Mondelez at the uh, altar. I've always found um, Mondelez kind of interesting because it's, you know, it, it's a fancy name. And it's one of those names that I think is meant to, like, distract you. Um, it's like Philip Morris changed their name from Philip Morris to Altria. And Altria sounds great, doesn't it? And then you're like, yeah, they make little cigarettes that cause cancer and kill people. And it's like, Altria. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. A little bit of profit taking in the stock market after a big, sharp run-up in a short period of time. You got some divisiveness in the GOP on tax reform. Consumer staples doing well. Real estate doing well. Weakness in financials and telco services. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. yeah. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey updates. Welcome in. Talking a little ice hockey report with the San Jose Barracuda's voice, Nick Nolenberger, here on AM1220. How are you, Mr. Nolenberger? Everything is good, Rob. Thanks for having me. Everything is good, right? It's kind of like a Lego movie uh, Barracuda season going on right now. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. Uh, teams won nine in a row. Um, jump back on the road today. We play uh, in Stockton tonight and in, in Ontario uh, on Saturday night, so... No rest for the weary, but teams played just as good away from home as uh, as they've been at home. They've won a six straight on the road as well. So um, everything is uh, rolling and uh, kind of coming together right now for the bunch. So that's a good thing to do because after the All-Star break, it's kind of a, a rush to the end of the season and positioning for the playoffs. And the Barracuda are well positioned for playoffs, and I'm excited by that because last year we kind of got in the playoffs and it was kind of whimpering and dragging along and it didn't last very long. There's nothing better than 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 hockey playoffs, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't get any better, even at the American Hockey League level, just because it's such a grind. It lasts so long, and, you know, it's a, it's a war of attrition, really, um, for these guys. So I think everybody's really excited for it. Team, uh, you know, it's just playing lights out. Through We play just, what, I think we're heading into our 44th game tonight. We have 28 wins. Last year they made the playoffs, and they had 31 uh, wins. So that just kind of gives you an example. Last year's team was good. They were a playoff team, and just this, it just shows – how good this bunch is and the type of uh, pace that they're setting at this point. So you're playing against the Stockton Heat. Who are they the, uh, the NHL affiliate of? They are the American Hockey League affiliate of the Calgary Flames. So um, I think it's a dynamic form because they're up here in Northern California and, you know, they've got a lot of Sharks fans. But um, they've embraced uh, the Flames and, and their affiliate, and, and it's made for a good little rivalry up here uh, in Northern California. And then when you get the two NHL teams battling, um, you get a lot of guys that are pretty familiar with each other, at least, you know, some of the guys that have been in the American League. So it's uh, been a good little matchup. Stockton was a team that was at first at the start of the year for probably the first, I don't know, month and a half. And uh, they're scuffling right now. They have lost eight in a row. They have just one win in their last 12. So something clicked, and you got two teams kind of going in opposite directions. But um, San Jose knows the type of team Stockton is. I don't think they're going to take them lightly tonight. Uh, look beyond them as they as they look ahead to Ontario. So always a fun matchup. Last game we we uh, played them. I think there was 168 total penalty minutes. So <laughs> it should be pretty chippy tonight. He went to a hockey fight, huh? Um, so your next home game is Monday, February 20th against the Texas Stars. There's always going to be tickets available because you play in the SAP Center, which is a great location to play. People can jump online right now and go to sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. Uh, a couple of the Sharks I'm excited about, uh, Marcus Sorensen. Uh, he's with the Barracuda. Is he back with the Barracuda now after being called up? He is back with the Barracuda right now. And, yeah, he's been lighting it up. I was just talking to him the other day. Um, this is his first year in the American Hockey League. He's a third-year pro. He played a pair of uh, seasons in the Swedish Hockey League, which is a really high-end league over in Sweden that you can pull guys and that you know their transition to the American League and the NHL can sometimes be seamless once they get adjusted to the the smaller rink in North America and the different style of play. But through his first 20 games, he had nine points. Through his last 20, he's got 20 points, and he's working on a seven-game point streak. He's got assists in six straight. Um, I think he's starting to figure out the game, and he was rewarded a couple weeks back. He got his first uh, couple games in the National Hockey League with the Sharks during that road trip, and he had an, an assist, and everybody's impressed, I think, by uh, his quick adjustment to North America. So the Sharks are doing well enough that it doesn't look like they're going to do any major lineup changes or trades, so you've got your, your roster set on the AHL Barracuda. You've got to feel pretty comfortable with that because this is a good group of young men. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously great guys. Obviously, a lot of skill too, and um, it doesn't look like there's any going to be anybody that's plucked or taken. Um, maybe a few guys who are, who are going to appear in the playoffs for the Sharks that have kind of been up and down with us. Um, a guy like Kevin LeBanc, who's really spent a majority of the season in the NHL, but had a handful of games with us at the start of the year, and they've uh, reassigned him to us the last couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I think overall the team should be intact uh, as playoff time approaches. So that's always kind of a good feeling. What's that mean for a LeBanc who had played most of the season with the Sharks? Because uh, I think he doesn't he lose some eligibility or doesn't he like gain some um, credit for NHL time because he played so many games with the Sharks? Uh, not not necessarily. I mean, he's a he's a guy. It, it all so had he been, this been a year back and he still had junior eligibility. Um, there's a 10 game cap, so you okay. can only play under 10 games professional hockey before they either they have a decision to either keep you for the remainder of the year and basically wipe out your junior career, 
or send you back to juniors. So for a lot of guys, that happens when they're young. Um, just organizationally, they decide, let's send him back. Let's continue his development. But for LeBanc, he's still young. He's 20 years old. So I believe he does still have a year of eligibility, but that point has already passed. Okay. Um, but, he's yeah, he's been up and down, and for 20 years old, he's been pretty impressive. Now, the Barracuda have a great website, sjbarracuda.com. You can buy tickets online. And, again, every ticket's a great ticket, and they're family-friendly prices, which I dig. Um, I'm looking at your roster. Can you tell me, what's the story with this guy, Zach Stortini? He looks frightening. He's a big man, and he's he looks frightening compared to the rest of the Barracuda. Yeah, you look you look at his mugshot, and you're like, oh, my goodness, because Stortini has not been part of the team for very long. He was acquired in a, in a trade a couple weeks back, that Tommy Wingles trade that Sharks fans are very familiar with. Wingles was traded to the Ottawa Senators. The San Jose Sharks got a pick back and a pair of players, and one of them was Zach Stortini, the other one, Buddy Robinson, and they've actually been really big in this stretch, but... Stortini's got 250 games of NHL experience. Um, he's just big. He's six foot four. He uh, is going to scare you on the ice. He's, he's chasing guys around. He's screaming at guys. But he is the nicest guy you've ever met off the ice. It's pretty funny, um, kind of the polar opposites when he's playing and when he's not. He, I mean, it's it's remarkable how nice the guy is. He'll say hello every single morning, and um, he's just happy-go-lucky type of guy. But that picture, his mugshot online, is is almost comical. I, I first saw it, and I said, oh, my God, who is this guy? So, um, But he's really just a teddy bear um, off the ice. But when he's on, he uh, he's a terror on it. I highly recommend people go check out the SJ Barracuda uh, roster at sjbarracuda.com because it is it, it jumps out at you. Um, taking a look, though, uh, you got a couple games coming up against Ontario. Uh, even though you're having a great season right now, even though you've won off uh, one nine straight, you're still only a couple points from you know dropping two or three places in the standings. Yeah, it's nine, nine wins in a row and uh, a loss here, a loss there, and uh, you're in second or third place in, in the Pacific Division. Just shows how competitive it is, how good it's been. Um, there's, if there was a team hotter than the Barracuda right now, it'd actually be the San Diego Goals. They're in second in the Pacific Division right now. Before they had lost to San Jose, they had points uh, just, just about a week ago. They had points in uh, 12 straight games. They had a six-game winning streak. Uh, they suffered that loss to the Barracuda about a week and a half ago, and they have not lost since that point. So um, if there's anybody as hot as San Jose, it'd be San Diego, and that just means San Diego's right kind of on their heels, nipping their heels, and waiting for San Jose maybe to, maybe to scuffle a little bit. So um, And Ontario's right there, too. So it's it's going to make full for a fun little race uh, nearing the end of the regular season. Yeah, March is a big time in hockey because it seems like the – NHL gods and AHL gods try to cram in as many games as they can to get people pumped for the the playoffs that start in April and May. So yeah, this is uh, this is the uh, heavy lifting time of year. We have uh, five games in, in uh, I think eight days. So um, there's a lot a lot of games to be played. Guys, you know, guys are trying to keep their bodies fresh. Um, you know, try to try to stay in these games and, and trying to just be ready to go every night. It's not easy, but um, that's the advantage Sandals they has. Is Thanks, depth, Nick. And I think that's. Thanks. Appreciate it, Rob. Listen tonight, Stockton Heat, 7.30 here on AM 1220 KDOW. Tomorrow, 6 p.m. against the Ontario Reign. Find out more at sjbarracuda.com.
Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Sometimes I like to talk big concepts because I think there's some good money to be made in some of these big concepts. And one of the biggest concept companies out there right now, Snap, is doing what's called a roadshow. And when you do a roadshow, basically you, you go around and you try to get investment bankers and investors to buy into your IPO. So Snapchat, parent company called Snap, released its roadshow materials, including a 35-minute video, which is online. If you want a copy of it, drop me an email, Robert Rob Black show.com. It's Robert Rob Black show.com. I can send you a link or you can just go to their website at Snap and find it there. Uh, but the company, the company Snap is planning to go public in early March. And it's one of those companies that you've probably been having a beer with a friend at some point in time or a glass of wine. And maybe you're talking about your kids and you're, you know, you bring up, yeah, my, my kids all about that, that thing called Snap. These, these instant mess, these messages that disappear right after you send them. Um, so it's a messaging company that disappears right after you send it, right? That's It's in your head. you got that going for you. Um, but then it turns out the CEO, Evan Spiegel, comes out and he says, Snap is a camera company. Okay. So in his roadshow, he's trying to sell you this. Now, here's the kicker. Wall Street won't care. Wall Street wants revenues and users. You could honestly say you got the cure for cancer, and they don't care unless you actually have cancer survivors and people who have taken the treatment. They want numbers. And Evan Spiegel goes on, and he's a Stanford type of guy, and he's a little bit of a bad boy while he was at Stanford University, uh, a little bit of a frat boy, which is A-OK. It's part of life. He said, historically, cameras provided a way for people to keep memories. Now cameras augment the way we talk. Now this is where you have to start really thinking about, what the hell is he talking about? And, you know, go back to that beer that you're having with a friend or a glass of wine you're having with a lady friend. And you start thinking about, yeah, I, I know some grandkids who call their grandparents on the phone. Whereas before, I remember on, you know, long distance, you had to wait till Sunday to make a long distance call when rates were cheaper. You had to wait till after 5 p.m., which in hindsight is pretty funny. Um, so Spiegel compared his product to the keyboard and its impact on the computer saying, with Snapchat, the camera has become the primary input for the phone. Spiegel and his management team, including Chief Strategy Officer Imran Khan and CFO Drew Valero, officially kick it off meetings. And they jump from, like, the mid-Atlantic. They'll go to the Midwest. They'll fly to London. It'll be a pretty heavy blitz in the next two to three weeks to really sell their show, their sh- you know, their show. Um, Spiegel says he spends 50% of his time focused on product, 40% on his time recruiting people, and 10% on things he doesn't want to do but gets paid to do. Um, in larger group meetings, they are expected to simply present you know, the video and then take questions, much like Facebook did during their IPO. Now, Facebook, oddly enough, Mark Zuckerberg came out with a very long-worded essay about the future of Facebook yesterday. Now, why would Facebook come out with a long essay the same day that Snap came out with a video explaining what the hell they're doing? These two companies don't like each other, and Zuckerberg's afraid. And, well, he should be, because what I started off saying earlier was that you've probably talked to someone who's got a kid, and they've used Snap. And 
the idea of social media disappearing is fantastic. Now, Snap also has these hoity-toity things where they want to be the news in real time. And they've made some partnerships with uh, news companies and companies like ESPN to kind of be that video online. Now, something happened yesterday as well in my life. Um, you might remember that Verizon recently announced unlimited data. And the way they're doing it, it's $80 per line. But if you have two lines, it's $70. And if you have three lines, it's like $60. And if it's four lines, it's $45. So for a family of four, it's, it's pretty good deal at this point. Not a good deal, but pretty competitive. Um, and whether you like it or not, you know, a lot of people do like that Verizon network over the Sprint network. Um, but unlimited video helps companies like Snap and Facebook now. Because you're no longer sitting there saying, hmm, I wonder if I should check Facebook. And then your phone tells you you're down to the last 10% of your, your data. And you're like, well, I better not check Facebook. So Snapchat, in their little road show, dog and pony show, they said they work best on iPhones. And they do say that there's some problems on Android and other phones. And they need to fix that. Because even though Apple is pretty dominant in the United States, Google's pretty dominant in the rest of the world as far as operating systems on phones. So Spiegel, as a CEO, said, we will not dilute the product to make it work on every phone. That's a pretty interesting comment. He's going the Apple route and saying quality matters, and we don't want to open up and let you know our morals uh, dictate uh, what product we put out there. We want to have the best product. So unlike Facebook, which has nearly 2 billion users around the world, Snap will not focus on non-iPhone using customers in places like the developing world. Because those markets are not easily monetized. Now, that almost instantly scares me. You'll hear Facebook come out in their quarterly meetings and say, we've got 2 billion users active. And you're like, whoa. Go right down the number 2 billion. It's a big number. And you're like, that's how many people are online checking their Facebook messages daily? It's pretty scary. So as an investor, you love that. But then again, you start thinking about it. And there's a little kid in India who has no money, but he has a phone. Is he really going to be easily marketed towards and advertised towards? Well, Facebook, you know, Facebook now makes about $25 off me per year. And I'm like, how do they do that? And it's, it's the ads that I'm seeing. A couple of years ago, it was $5. So when will Facebook be able to monetize? And Snap is saying, we don't really care about monetizing people that we, that we don't think can be easily monetized. We want to monetize the young people, which I come back to again, that you've had that conversation with a friend where someone starts the conversation saying, yeah, my kid uses Snap. And Snap is a preferred platform because when mom and dad log into your apps, they can't find anything on you. So you could send a, a dirty, nasty, nude video of you, you know, putting crickets in your mom and dad's food, and it's gone the next day. You thought I was going to say, talk about getting naked, right? No. Although what's also interesting is Tinder just came out, came out with a video platform so that those videos will delete and they're trying to introduce videos to, and again, it's all unlimited data and it's starting to make more and more and more sense. This is going to be a very big year for Facebook Live because we're going more video on our mobile apps and Snap's telling us that and, you know, everything's pointing that direction. So Facebook Live is going to have in my opinion, a very big year. Um, and that's one of the things I like about technology is it's the story of it that I think tells a good story, uh, 
makes for good investing, makes for good uh, analysis. Like Snapchat and Amazon are rattling the digital, digital ad space. And you go, let's stop and think about that just for a second. And you really have to like take a second and, and digest. So there's Google and Facebook are going to remain the biggest digital players in digital advertising. Um, but you're starting to see vid- video advertising business in YouTube um, do very well. Um, you know, Snapchat, it's going to have its IPO, like I said. And Amazon, they're doubling down on their digital ad business, which pose big threats to Google and Facebook's incumbency. Snapchat will be an important destination for rerouted TV ad spends because they're trying to be news. They're trying to be um, transparent in their news delivery. So Google, Facebook, um, on some level, Snap and Amazon. Am I going to buy the Snap IPO? A lot of people are asking me. I don't know yet because what's the price of it? You don't know. We know this ticker symbol is going to be Snap. We know it's going to be on the NYSE. We know that they've said something that really scares the hell out of me in the sense that they don't really care about growing numbers. Um, they don't want the, the poor child from India who has no money to spend. They want the 16-year-old kid in San Leandro whose mom and dad gives him you know, a credit card. So um, you're going to start seeing also some new rollouts of you know, Snapchat saying they're, that they're redefining what the camera is in social media. How about Amazon? You know that Alexa assistant that they have? How long do you think until we're making phone calls on Alexa? When we're talking to our device and saying, call work. And then Alexa dials work for us and we go, Mike, I'm not going to make it in today. I'm feeling a little sick. (coughs) Alexa hangs up. Woo! Alexa, let's go to the beach today. What's the fastest route? Um, So some of these interactive platforms are going to become start, you know, taking some old technologies and putting them on there. Um, one of the things you're going to see a lot of, in my opinion, this year is um, a lot more video advertising. So get ready for it. And again, it goes back to Facebook, not Facebook, but uh, Verizon, uh, Sprint, T-Mobile, AT&T all now have some sort of unlimited data. And before you couldn't even process the idea of uh, do you remember like back in the days when you'd be on your cell phone and you'd get a call from a marketer and you're like, don't call me, you're using all my minutes. Like you'd freak out at the person. Um, it, you used to do that when the video ads started to roll, but you're going to see more and more video ads and more and more chatbots. Um, for the record, when I signed up for Verizon Unlimited Plan, because it was only $3 difference from the plan that I currently had, so I said, why not go unlimited, right? Um Chatbot signed me up. Not even a real person. That's the job that Trump's going to have a tough time finding a replacement for. Chatbots, they're taking a lot of jobs, whether it's financial management, whether it's telco servicing. Uh, Chatbots are going to be taking a lot of jobs. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Hi, I'm Rob Black. The stock market recently hit record highs, but don't celebrate just yet as retirement is marching ever closer. Most of us have a big fear about what retirement will actually look like. To conquer that fear, you need to take the right steps along the way. Learn winning strategies from me, Rob Black, and certified financial planner Chad Burton at an educational event in Los Gatos on Thursday, March 9th at 6.30. We will cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio and break down the 2017 market outlook. 
You'll also learn how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to minimize tax and retirement, social security strategies, and much, much more. And get estate planning tips for 2017 from attorney Michelle Lerman. That's Thursday, March 9th, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com for just $25 for free for KDOW listeners using the promo code RADIO25. That's newfocusfinancial.com, promo code RADIO25. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So you're going to hear a lot about virtual reality this year. And there's a guy named Gabe Newell who runs a company called Valve. He's a billionaire. I think he's one of the top 50 richest Americans, I think. I, I feel like that's true. I think he's like number 30. And what's interesting about it is Valve Software um, has a platform called Steam that a lot of computer games are bought on. And one year I was in Hawaii at a pretty nice resort, and Steam had all their employees there. They're doing that well that they basically shut down offices for a week. And except for essential personnel, take husbands and wives to Hawaii. And that's all expenses paid kind of thing. He was talking, Gabe Newell, the other day about virtual reality. And virtual reality, you're going to hear about PlayStation, Xbox, and you'll probably already heard about Oculus Rift and HTC Vive and PlayStation virtual reality, smartphones that could do it. Um but Gabe, he's got a stake in this because Steam has their own platform uh, tied towards HTC Vive, I believe. And uh, he said, we may fail miserably. He goes, right now the content for virtual reality, he didn't say blows chunks, but he says it's not good. He said, there's nothing that I really want to do and the hardware's really not there yet. And that's pretty impressive for a CEO to be that kind of honest. He's not publicly traded, so he can say things like that. He doesn't have a big advertising budget so he can say things like that. Um, gaming consoles have about a 40% penetration rate in the United States. It's one of the f- my favorite things about this job is I get to say things like penetration rate. And people are like, did he just say something dirty? Ooh. Or I could talk about ARPU, and that's the average revenue per user. Behave yourself. Uh, digital vigil assistants are going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, Siri, Cortana, and Google Now. Uh, far from perfect. Far from perfect, especially if you have an older phone. Um, but they continue to grow in popularity. Um, and you're seeing Amazon's Echo and Google Home becoming more popular with voice commands. So for the first time in 2016, voice recognition software trumped humans at typing input in terms of speed and accuracy, according to a recent study from Stanford. So there was a point in time when you were a child and you're like, I hate, I took typing classes. I in high school I took a typing class, um, which you know they're saying kids today won't be able to do cursive. Most of them can barely print because uh, they're not teaching cursive in most schools anymore because they they don't have the time. Uh, literally, time is money, and you see that in in public schools. But can you imagine that to the point that we don't even type at some point in time, where we're just talking and it's it's transcribing on the fly? It's faster now to do that than it is to type according to a study out of Stanford. And the ability to spell correctly by a computer 
uh, beats humans by a, a 20% fewer error margins in said uh, studies. So input speed is going to become a little bit different. Apple's new iPhone is going to have augmented reality. We know that the iPhone X, as it's being nicknamed at this point in time, is going to have a laser on it so that it can scan things and come back with a 3D reading. So the idea there is that there's a phone right in front of me right now. I can point my phone at it, and it'll, it'll do a laser shot at it, and it'll come back and say, okay, it is one foot away from you, and it can now start to augment the reality of that phone system in front of me. You know, I have one simple request, and that is to have sharks with laser beams attached to their heads. If I'm ever going to be an evil dictator, I do want sharks with laser beams. There's a couple things that I want. I want sharks with laser beams, and I also want, sometime before I die, to play basketball with donkeys. Right. So donkey basketball with me and all my friends. I wouldn't mind going on the love boat. If there was ever a reunion, that'd be kind of fun. Exciting. Exciting and Kind of catch up with what Eric Estrada's doing. Because he's going to be on the love boat still, right? He's not a real person. He's just traveling the world on the love boat. But I'm, I'm digressing. Okay, so augmented reality. Get this. So you know this company called Apple, right? It's expected that they're going to make $3 billion from Pokemon Go over the next two years. They didn't have to do a, damn, a darn thing. They just came up with the, the phone and the software. And Nintendo came up with a game. And Apple's going to get 15 to 30%. It's probably about 15% of the cut from all the sales that go on Pokemon Go. And it's, a, it's an incredibly inane game. You throw balls kind of like a uh, ski ball. You kind of throw a ski ball at little animals. Pikachu! And you get 100 points, 200 points. But they just released 80 new Pikachus or 80 new Pokemons. And the people that played it last year, they'll be like, ooh, I want to go collect all... Because there's something psychologically about collecting them all. And uh, anyway, so Apple's going to pull in $3 billion for doing nothing other than hosting the Pokemon Go in their app store. So, and uh, the iPhone is going to have a couple cameras on it, but it's going to have that laser. And that laser is going to be, you know, augmented reality. They're going to be the f- not the first to do it, but they'll probably do it better than anyone else because they tend to take their time rolling out technologies. So Apple's laid out the groundwork for augmented reality, and they'll try to establish a new product with it. Um, and a lot of their secondary product, like the Apple Watch and the Apple earphones, um, I use those iPhone, the, earpho- uh, the earbuds, the iBuds, or whatever you want to call them. They're amazing. Um, they're at least three times better than typical ear jacks. Um, so I think they're on to something with that. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Slowly but surely, I've been doing more and more shopping online. The last couple of areas, I used to be like, yeah, I won't buy clothes online. I won't buy clothes online because, you know, I don't know how they fit me because I'm kind of husky. You know, there's some people who are like tall and skinny. Um, I'm husky, which is not a good thing. It's, um, they used to refer to Bobby, uh, Bobby, um, as a husky kid. And I'm husky. So I used to go, I'm not going to buy anything because I'm going to have to return it because they don't make size small, medium, large, and husky. So, and then, anyway, I'm buying more groceries online now is what I'm getting at. Online grocery shopping is going to become commonplace. Just 2% of all grocery purchases took place in 2016. You're going to see that number go higher and higher and higher as people feel more 
comfortable with same-day delivery online grocery shopping, whether it be Walmart, whether it be Instacart, whether it be Fresh Direct, whether it be Amazon. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.